This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit the SeanStevensonModel.com. Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson here, flying solo today. I am missing my amazing producer and co-host Jade Harrell, but we've got a special guest. And uh, this guest is a phenomenal, phenomenal human being with incredible story. She's such a gift in the whole health and wellness space, but just life space, period. And I've been reading her book. I'm almost finished. It is literally like I could not put it down. You know, I wrote a book about sleep and I I really started to kind of dip into my sleep time because I was reading the book. It's so good, so captivating. And I can't wait to share that with you guys. So on that note, let's give a quick shout out to our show sponsor on it. Dot com. Head over to onnit.com forward slash M-O-D-E-L and you're going to get 10% off all of your health and human performance supplements. Really quickly, guys, they've got the superhero stuff going now. They've got some Iron Man kettlebells, right? All kinds of cool stuff. They just sent me some new gear. I don't know if you know about Onnit's gear. It's the best. You know, you got to have your shirts fit right. You know, you don't want to have shirts where it's like super baggy around your waist and then tight on your arms or baggy on your arms and then tight on your waist and you kind of look like I don't know, like you're just in a fight with a, a llama or something, or kangaroo even. Have you seen these kangaroo memes out there? These kangaroo uh, videos on Instagram? Serious, this one with the dog. Did you see that one? Where the dog was like uh, getting choked out by a kangaroo and his owner came over and he like squared up with the kangaroo, gave him a, a, a quick right jab and the kangaroo was like, what did a human just hit me? And just kind of stood there for a little while. The man saved his dog. Long story short, that can mess up your t-shirt. All right, so make sure you get the gear from on and check them out. And of course, they've got the Hemp Force Protein, possibly the most bioavailable source of protein for the human body. It's going to be found in hemp. Edestin, albumin, a very soft globular protein. All right, it's why people turn to egg whites, which is who wants to eat that? My son was just asking me about this the other day, was driving home. He's like, Dad, can you give me some, some egg whites? And I looked at him with that look of like, son, I thought I taught you better than that. And uh, he was like, this would just, you know, he's been seeing vi- YouTube videos now because he's kind of interested in what people are doing to get their gains. And I told him, you know, this is a complete food. You know, most of the protein is in the white, but there are some really valuable things in the yolk as well. So he asked, why would people have the whites? And I told him about albumin. And it's very, very, very digestible, but you can also find that in hemp. Plus, it's not gross like egg whites. And the hemp force protein actually tastes phenomenal. So make sure you're uh, utilizing this hemp force protein. It's one of the things I keep on hand all the time that I use for myself and my kids. So make sure to check them out, onit.com forward slash model. And also make sure that you're utilizing a green superfood blend. For that, I use Organifi. Head over to O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model. You're going to get 20% off forever on the green superfood blend from Organifi. And this is something, again, I'm traveling. I'm actually, after this show, I'm going to hop on an airplane, head to L.A. for a couple of events. Really cool stuff that I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing a, a video shoot for 24-Hour Fitness. Shout out to 24-Hour Fitness. And a couple other little cool things. But I always travel with my Organifi Go Packs. Make sure that you're getting your wheatgrass, organic wheatgrass, organic spirulina, chlorella, all these green superfoods that really help to nourish your body at a deep level and your body needs this stuff the chlorella for example is really powerful for helping your body to detoxify heavy metals all right you don't want to be carrying around heavy metals all right in your body heavy metal yeah we might, um our tech is like doing the rock and roll sign yes heavy that kind of heavy metals all right all right shout out to uh acdc all right but we don't want to carry that around in our thyroid for example so 
This is why it's so important, so valuable, and it actually tastes good. That's the real key. Bioavailable nutrients, phytonutrients, enzymes, micro minerals, all the things your body needs to thrive. Head over, check them out, Organifi.com forward slash model for 20% off. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and our topic of the day. Our guest today is the one and only JJ Virgin. And she is a celebrity nutrition and fitness expert who helps clients lose weight fast by breaking free from food intolerances and crush their sugar cravings. She's author of four, four New York Times bestsellers, JJ Virgin's Sugar Impact Diet Cookbook, The Sugar Impact Diet, The Virgin Diet, and The Virgin Diet Cookbook all have been crushing it for, for several years now. And JJ is also a frequent blogger for the Huffington Post, Mind Body Green, and other outlets, as well as a popular guest on TV, radio, and in magazines. You can learn more about her at jjvirgin.com. And I'd like to welcome to the Model Health Show, the one and only JJ Virgin. How are you doing today, JJ? I am great. How are you? I'm doing so good. I'm so happy and fortunate to have you on today. Uh, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here with you. Awesome. Well, you've been a superstar in the health and fitness space for many years, and I'd love to know some of your backstory, though, you know, your superhero origin story. What got you interested in this whole field of health and wellness in the first place? So I am a high maintenance hippie. I grew up in Berkeley. So, you know, when you grew up in Berkeley, this is just how we roll. Like farm to table was how I grew up or should have, Sean, because what actually happened was I had parents. You'll relate to this. My parents were from the Midwest. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. while I was like surrounded by the hippies, <laughs> I was being raised on Pop-Tarts and Captain Crunch. <laughs> yes. And seriously, my nickname growing up was Poppy because I ate Pop-Tarts for breakfast. Like the only time I didn't eat Pop-Tarts for breakfast was when I was having like sweet rolls or Cap'n Crunch. And then wow. at age 12, I went and I just freaked out. I had like my early life crisis. I was a big athlete and I became obsessed with nutrition and exercise. And so I started going to the health food stores. I, I thought I was getting healthier. I traded the chocolate for carob and the, mm -hmm. you know, the, <laughs> the candy for licorice and the, the ice cream for the very first yogurt place in Berkeley Yogurt Park. And I was teaching exercise classes in my teens. Back then, wow. back then it was calisthenics. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that just really dates it. I was teaching that and tap dancing. Um, and went off to college. I taught aerobics in Japan. What? A little known, a little known fact. And um, I was one of the first personal trainers in the country. It was me and Body by Jake. Really? Really? There's, I'm learning so much stuff right now. Oh my goodness! Poppy <laughs> tap dancing. With here. Yeah, us two in LA. And you know what was interesting? It was him and his brother and me. And. I was wow. in graduate school at the time in biomechanics. I'm, I'm, I love math and physics. And so I'm doing biomechanics and exercise phys. And they have like no background at all. And they're just out there. I'd been teaching aerobics in LA. And then I started doing this. I'm like going, how come these dudes that don't really have any background are, are doing 30-minute sessions charging twice as much as me and are have a full plate? So that's when I decided I better learn how to, how to market too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that was where it all started. And, you know, about I was in graduate school. Then I went to doctoral school in exercise phys. I started taking nutrition classes. And it was so clear to me that you could not exercise enough to compensate for a crappy diet. And so many people, Sean, came to me and said, I don't, I, I want to lose weight. I'm not going to change my diet. I'm just going to exercise. And mm. 
that does not work. And uh, so I started applying what I was learning in school. And you're going to love this because this was 25 years ago plus. And back then, what we were taught was you had to eat less and exercise more and create a 500 calorie deficit a day and you would lose weight. And it wasn't working. It was not working. And so here I am with all of these clients, 45 to 55 years old, more of a reason it wasn't working. And I'm thinking, well, they're not going to pay me to like to make them worse. This isn't going to work. And so I went back. I went to undergrad at UCLA. I went back in the stacks because we had no Google. Mm -hmm. And I went into the, the biomedical stacks in the library. And I found everything I could as to why you wouldn't lose weight started digging up, you know, insulin, which we were never taught about. Right. <laughs> you know? Funny. I mean, there was no exercise endocrinology back then. And it just, yeah. I'm like going this running, cause we were taught you had to exercise at least 30 minutes or it didn't matter. Cause you didn't get into your fat burning zone, right. like just oh, ridiculous yes. crap, you know? <laughs> and I, I remember I created a class, a plyometrics class, but it wouldn't work because we could, we'd killed everyone in 15 minutes. I mean, it was like just being ahead of your time, telling people that it wasn't about the calories and that you had to do really intense exercise and everyone's like, you're nuts. And I yeah. go, no, it's it's true. But it, I was proving it out with my clients. Yeah, look at the results. I mean, they speak for themselves. And I, the funny thing is, I've seen all of this stuff going to a traditional university and taught the same thing. Have yes. your clients to expend more energy than they're taking in. And this is also when the uh, low fat, high carbohydrate or low oh, fat, high fiber. Are a perfect food. Remember that? Like, oh, my God. I, I was taught literally a bananas potato too. is a bananas. perfect food. <laughs> like, <laughs> so we were obviously what's so crazy is that this type of information is still finding its ways, peeking its head out here and there. <laughs> but this is why this is also so important, the work that you're doing and what we're doing with the show to get people more informed because it's really, and I, I know you've experienced this, this as well. Like if I go into a talk for, for a big corporation, for example, and you find out how many people actually think that fat is bad for them still, yes, you know, still, and it's the majority still. of people. And what's so interesting is that the, the, the paradigm is shifting, but it's shifting slowly, even though we have the internet. And you were just talking about before Google, you're like, I remember <laughs> I was there too, Dewey Decimal System, looking for books or whatever. And, yep. uh, but we figured it out. And it took some time, but here we are today. And the Virgin Diet has just been amazing. And the Sugar uh, Impact Diet as well. These were mega, mega hit books. And in the Sugar Impact Diet, the latest of your two books, you say that you can drop seven hidden sugars and help people to lose 10 pounds in just two weeks. Can we talk a little bit about that? Can you share what you mean by hidden sugars? What What are you talking about there? And what are a few of those we need to look out for? So I, you know, I wasn't, I never thought I would be writing a book about sugar. But um, after I wrote The Virgin Diet, the big confusion was like, people would say, but I'm just, I'm having honey. It's all natural, right? And I'm like, but, you know, arsenic's natural. Mercury is natural. Just because it's natural doesn't make it healthy. Don't be duped. I find with so many of the things out there, Sean, it's we get we get distracted by marketing terms like all natural that are just crazy, meaningless things. And one of those marketing terms that's really doing us a disservice, because what makes me upset about this the most is that we have access to more information than ever. And yet people are, are actually sicker and fatter than ever. And it's not for lack of trying. 
It's, it's just that they're following the wrong set of rules. It's so confusing to know what to follow. And the, the bottom line is you follow the science. And one of the marketing terms out there that makes me nuts is this marketing term of low glycemic index. Because if you see a product, and here's where you get the worst sneaky sugars of all. If you see a product that says low sugar, low glycemic index, but you turn it over and it has sugar grams in it, significant ones, you're in trouble because it's probably loaded with fructose. And so when I think about sugar, sneaky sugars, the first one that I really look at is anything high in fructose, like agave, crystalline fructose, apple juice concentrate, which by the way, you can put, you can put no sugar added on the label and have apple juice concentrate. And why this is an issue is our body metabolizes fructose different than any other sugar. Yeah. And the easy way to think of it is fructose makes you fat. It actually makes you fat and old. It makes your gut more permeable because the only organ that can metabolize fructose is the liver. So it, yes, has a low glycemic index. It doesn't raise blood sugar. Sounds good until you realize, well, that means it doesn't trigger any of the satiety signals. Yeah. And it's just beelines to the liver yeah. where it's going to make fat. Right. And that's why, I mean, it is ridiculous, isn't it, that we have kids with fatty liver? Like, what yeah. the heck is going on here? It's, you know? so, it's so crazy the time that we're living in to see that. And, um, you know, decades ago, we didn't see such things where kids have adult onset diabetes. You know, and you just said it. So making the beeline to the liver that's where lipogenesis, so your liver just literally makes fat, lipogenesis, yeah. creation of fat because of that process. And I'm so glad you're bringing this up. I don't think that we've actually talked about this in 200 episodes about oh. something like agave, for example, you know, and I remember I it was hot. It was super <laughs> hot for a while. I was like, oh, this is what you make tequila out of. It's a, it's got all the minerals in it and it might be better than, you know, the, the type of sugar looks like cocaine, but only like one degree, it's still sugar. And I'm so glad you brought that one up. Yeah, that one still gets me because you still go into the health food stores and see this agave and people thinking that it's a good thing. And so that that drives me crazy. The other thing that I see is so many, there's so much distraction. So you'll grab a green drink and hey, a green drink that's greens is awesome. But when you look at a lot of the popular green drinks out there, you flip them over and you find that it's apple juice concentrate, mango puree, pineapple juice, like you go through five or six fruits before you ever get to the measly little kale yeah, <laughs> or spinach, yeah. right? Because those don't taste good. So that's the other one that gets me is, yeah. is when people are trying so hard and they go to the store and they said, oh, I'm, I'm juicing and I'm having this green drink and I'm doing a great thing and you flip it over and the one I'm thinking about this green machine that says, you know, with the power of greens has 44 grams of sugar in it. It is a soda. It's worse than a soda for yeah. you. And, you know, and people are drinking them thinking that they're doing themselves some good. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad. I didn't know you're going to bring that one up either. You know, and this is something I've seen firsthand It's because it is a process. You know, juicing is a great idea. But we, it, we're talking about green juicing. Then we're talking about green juicing. And I remember yeah. when I first, and I've shared this multiple times on the show, but I didn't eat a salad until I was 25 years old. So when wow. you talk about Midwest, Poppy, you had a nickname. I used to tell people that I was uh, part of my color makeup. 
is I was part orange because I ate so much cheese. You know, so up until I was like six, I would tell people, yeah, I'm part orange too, you know, and um, <laughs> it's because same thing, you know, the Pop-Tarts, crushing those, donuts, honey buns were my jam. Um, mm-hmm. But when I, so when I started to try to incorporate more veggies, and at this point, I was already, I transformed my health significantly from the age of 23 to 25, but I hadn't just like ate a salad, but I was blending it into things. And it started with juicing like two apples and a piece of celery, right? And I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm healthy now. And I would get spiked, <laughs> like I'd get this buzz and just kind of spike, but not a good buzz. Like I felt yeah. a little bit on edge and then, you know, I would combat, come back down. But now I, I, be, I eventually was able to flip it around and have a whole stalk, you know, a bunch of kale and celery and then maybe one apple or a lemon and to the degree now today you know i appreciate all the different flavor notes that food has to offer and it's just a process it doesn't mean that you guys need to just start jamming down wheatgrass that could be tough but just realize Mm -hmm. what it is and the impact it's going to have on your cells because you are still consuming a lot of sugar well, and that's what I teach people, exactly what you just said. When you're working on lowering your sugar impact, it is not about just deciding to wipe it all out. It's about retraining your taste buds yes. to appreciate savory and spicy. And the, the real secret one there is sour because yeah. sour and fermented can take your sweet tooth away. Yeah. Oh, so true. You know, the bitter, the better. It's another mm-hmm. saying, you know, so getting your kids even give that give them opportunity, set their palates up right by getting them some bitters, you know. And the other day, my son, uh, I was making uh, making them a green smoothie and I dropped a little bit of spinach on the counter. And I, I was just like I took a bite. I was kind of playing with my five year old and I took a bite and I was like, ah, this is interesting. And I kind of put it to him. He's never just ate a leaf. He's had salad a lot of times, but it always, mm-hmm. you know, had some other stuff in it, some dressing, whatever. And uh, so he just, he took a bite too. And we just went back and forth eating this very bitter spinach leaf by itself, you know, and that, those little things helped to retrain your taste buds. And so getting your kids some bitters uh, is a really great idea. And there's so many different things to choose from as well. Yeah. And you know, that's such a key one that you just brought up. I was on a TV show for a couple seasons called Freaky Eaters. Yeah. And we, it was like people that would like only eat French fries or it was never, I will only eat Brussels sprouts, by the way. It was like, I'll only eat cheesy potatoes, only eat French fries, you know, I'll only eat mayonnaise. Um, but the big thing that you've got to do, especially when your kids are little is exposure equals preference. No, it, it means that for us adults too, when you eat something the first time, quite often you're like, huh, I'm not sure I like that. You just keep exposing yourself to it and you'll start to like it. That's how I was with green tea. I was like, I'm not a fan of this because I actually have that gene, the oh, super yeah. taster gene. Mm-hmm. And so bitter, I have to really like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but so I've, cilantro I've too, probably like, cilantro probably does you wrong, huh? Yeah. Oh, and, and just straight parsley. Um, there's so many yeah. of those ones that I'm just like, <sighs> but yeah. I find the ones that I like, like I will do lemon juice, I'll do cavitas. So I found the things that I can do within the bitter palate, but love it. they throw me over. Love it. Love it. Well, you know, it's so, it's such a great time because people have access to this information, number one, but just because we get this information in our hand doesn't mean that we're going to be able to apply it. Things are going to come up. Things are going to happen in our lives. And during the launch of your first book, people would be surprised. They'd be absolutely surprised to see what you were going through personally and with your oldest son specifically. And it kind of changed the course of your life forever. And I'd love for you to talk about that. You know, your brand new book, which I said I could hardly put down. 
I would love if you could share that story and, you know, what you took away from it. And I'm going to frame this. First of all, what's different about writing a book like this versus a diet book is no one ever Sean said, I couldn't put the virgin diet down. (laughs) Wow. True, true, true. Right. You know, you write a book like this and it's so different. And after the fact, this will be a good preframe. I was asking my community last year, I go, you know, if you're not where you want to be in your health, why is it? fully expecting them to say, oh, I can't give up my sugar or, oh, I'm not, you know, I just can't stop the cheese, right? That's what I expect, especially with like the community I have. And nope, that's not what they said. Overwhelming response was, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel worthy. Blew me away there. Like you could have knocked me over with the feather. And it just made me realize that the reality is there's strategies all over the place, right? Yeah. True. But we can never get further than what our mindset says we're capable of and who we are. So that's the preframe of it. Now, the virgin diet, when it was like weeks from coming out, and you know from doing a book, like the last couple of weeks before your book comes out are just sheer insanity of the things that you cannot believe you have to get done. And a lot of pressure on you because of the publishers and everyone counting on you. And I have a team um, who works with me and a lot of single moms and people who rely on me to support their families. And I'm a single mom and I'm the financial support for my family. And I had a 15-year-old boy and a 16-year-old boy. So, you know, deciding to go take time off, not an option here. And I had everything invested in this book and book launch. And I borrowed money, too. So, <laughs> like, that's the yeah. setup. Okay. It's a couple weeks out. My son is, uh, my son and I are actually having a bit of an argument, as can happen with teenage boys. And he looks at me. He was barefoot in a pair of shorts and a T-shirt. Didn't have anything with him. Looks at me, says, Mom, I'm not as strong as you think I am. You know, and storms out the door, slams it, leaves. And this is this is just as it's getting to be dusk. And I thought, huh, should I go follow him or like, I'll just let him go blow off some steam. I mean, you know, we live in a super safe neighborhood. I'm like, so I went into the, the gym in my garage and I started doing some burst trading. <laughs> and the next thing I know, my 15 year old runs in and says, mom, uh, Grant's been hit by a car and he got airlifted to the local hospital. And so we race over there and not knowing what we're going to find because they will not release any information to us. We get there and these doctors, now I know he's been airlifted, so you know this is bad. And we get there and the doctors take us into a conference room mm. and start asking questions like, what was he doing out? Why wasn't he wearing shoes? And I'm like, hold it, you know, hold it. What is going on with my son? And they said that he'd been hit by a car. It was a hit and run. He had a torn aorta that kills 90% of the people on the scene. This is how your blood gets oxygenated and returned to your heart. You must have this. And um, it was hanging on by an onion skin and it was going to burst sometime in the next 24 hours, had to be repaired. And he had multiple brain bleeds called diffuse axonal injuries. He was in a deep coma. And um, the reason this is so important is in order for them to fix his aorta at this hospital, they had to use blood thinners. And they couldn't use blood thinners because his brain would bleed out. And besides that, he had 13 fractures. He had, it was covered with road rash, glass sticking out of him. I mean, just as my son, my 15-year-old describes him as a heap of a human. But um, 
they said, you know, we can't do this surgery here. And we'd already discovered because of, you know, our family, we have doctors in the family that there was a doctor who could do the surgery without a blood thinner. And they said, yeah, but he'll never survive the airlift to that hospital in LA. And even if he survives the airlift, he's not going to make it through surgery. And even in the off chance that he survived that surgery, he'll be so brain damaged, it wouldn't be worth it. My younger son, Bryce, looks at him and says, so like a 0.25% chance, you think? The doctor says, yep, that's about right, son. And here's my son, Bryce. This is so my son. He goes, we'll take those odds. Mm, (laughs) So uh, we just were like, we're overruling you. And we did. And we got him airlifted to this hospital, drove there at three in the morning. I had no idea if I was picking up a corpse, what I was going to see. Um, Thankfully, I have a lot of friends on the East Coast who talked me through that one as I drove through. I got there and we had this hero of a surgeon who's like, I got this. I can totally fix this. Do not worry. You go up to the uh, the waiting room. I'll come fix them. I'll come get you. We had this, you know, vascular team. We had an orthopedic surgery team. We had a neurosurgery team, a critical care, both a pediatric and an adult one, all working on him. And he comes up and he goes, okay, I fixed it. It's all good. He goes, now, I don't know if he'll ever wake up. That's the brain, guys. I'm just the plumber. <laughs> like, great. But uh, I walked in to see him, and it is, uh, you know, he's in a deep coma. And I'm looking at this, and here I am, and I'm thinking, okay, he's in a coma. I've got this book coming out, and I've got to make all of this happen. And so I made a decision right then and there that. I was going to operate from the guiding principle that he was going to be 110% because I figure if I fall short, that's way better than saying, hey, I just hope he's alive. So I was like, you're going to be 110%. I kept telling him. I told everyone who would listen. I put signs up. That was it. Grant's going to be 110%. Everyone in the hospital thought I was a total lunatic, but they also started treating me differently, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. because they knew I wasn't going to accept. They'd, they'd come in and say, oh, we're just trying to get him to be able to walk again. I go, he's Kobe Bryant. Treat him like Kobe Bryant. What would you do for Kobe Bryant? If you can't do that, you're fired. <laughs> so mm. it was like very different, very different thing. But the other thing I realized there, because I had to make the book work. So I literally launched my New York Times bestseller from the ICU because I had to. And, you know, when you're looking at this, you go, okay. If it didn't take care of my son and my other son and it didn't move my book forward, it was out. I just cut everything else out of my life. And I made a decision right there that the most important thing I could do to make all of this happen was to practice extreme self-care. Yeah. Which people hear and they're like, are you nuts? Because people are like, oh, have a pizza, relax. I'm like extreme self-care. Because I know like you can't walk into the ICU sick, right? You know, there's my son was at such an infection risk. I always had to be gloved and masked and gowned. But I also was making, I had to be like extremely on, extremely focused. And I was dealing with a very high level of stress. And I think back to this, Sean, because, you know, we're in the health field. And the biggest thing people tell me in the health field is, I'll do that tomorrow, right? They'll say, I'll try it or I'll do it tomorrow. And I kept thinking, oh my gosh, what if someone's faced in this situation and they weren't at the level of health? I walked in like ready for a battle. You know, I already was in that level of health and it made me realize, man, you know, so many people have their health holding them back thinking that they can do it tomorrow. And you don't know when something's going to happen like this or some great opportunity. And, you know, 
Yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow's too late. Yeah. Uh, I, this reminds me of the statement that I'm really living by, which is stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And I love that you were already coming into it with such an empowered state and the most like that is the most unimaginable. I don't think you can think of something more uh, devastating than what that experience was for you. And I'm wondering what was what was in you? Was it because you already were preparing? You already had that warrior mindset coming into it? Because most people in that situation, you know this already, they would absolutely throw on the, in the towel with their own health and well-being and see things kind of spiral out of control. And I've seen this firsthand. I know you have as well. What was it about you? How did you get yourself to turn on that, hey, extreme self-care time? <laughs> you know, at the time, it was all instinctual. You know, and one of the things I, I like to say is habit creates this great structure that that creates ultimate freedom because you don't have to think about it. I already was doing eight hours of sleep, having my morning shake, eating correctly. It was just how I lived. Getting up in gratitude every morning, literally and writing in a journal. I kept those things going. But when I got through the initial part of it, the first four and a half months he was in the hospital, which, by the way, were way easier than the next four years of helping him come through this brain injury. And people started to go like, how the heck did you do this? Like, are you superwoman? And the reality is, as I, and I started to talk to other friends in our community, Dr. Alan Christensen, Dr. Pedram Shojai, and I started talking to everybody. And I go, oh my gosh, you know, Cynthia, Pascuela, <laughs> Garcia, and everybody who I think of as just a rock star who's doing things, big things in the world, they'd all gone through a lot of yeah. challenges. And the reality is it's kind of a reframe. And I'm going to put it in terms of muscle because I'm like a gym gal. And I thought, you know, really what allowed me to save my son and allowed our family to save our son was our mindset. Bryce telling the doctor will take those odds. Mm -hmm. Me deciding he was going to be 110%. Grant telling the gray man who did come down and ask him if he wanted to live or die that he wanted to live. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that was that decision that we all made to fight for it. And we were able to do that because, you know, hey, I've gone through challenge after challenge after challenge in my life. And here's the thing about that. You want to. This is fantastic because every time you have to lean into fear, get courageous and then get through it, your comfort zone expands. You are more capable. You realize that you become more resilient and you can show up bigger and bigger and bigger. So by the time this thing had come to me, I'd been through a lot of challenges in my life. Yeah. This was way bigger than any I'd seen, but it also wasn't my first rodeo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, there's a big thing that I just took away in that moment. Uh, and just in your last statement is that time heals. And I think that that's a really powerful doctor out there. And we think when we're in the, the moment in the situation that oftentimes like it's the end of the world, you know, like this is something, this is where I end. This is what's going to take me down. This is going to destroy everything. And it's just not so it's not mm -hmm. so 99.99999% of the time, but our brains, we are hardwired to jump to that negative. But well, the, uh, the amygdala is going to go into fear and, uh, it's been interesting having Grant come out of this this brain injury because at first it, he went back to all the bad things that ever happened in his life because he was trying to protect himself. Yeah. Um, but what's been interesting is I just interviewed him and I did not expect to hear the things he was telling me. And literally I said, Grant, if you could go back four and a half years, 
He goes, I'd have it all happen all over again. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, and you goodness. hear this from, but you, you know, the, he's not, he's not unique or special in that. Yes, mm-hmm. this is our story, but it's so universal. How many people have you heard say that horrible thing that happened, that worst thing was actually the best thing? Yeah. Cause like, when do you get better, cooler, smarter, you know, do you get that way when life is easy for you? Nope. You get it when you're challenged. And I think it's an important lesson that I've now kind of said, gosh, you know, I wish I'd kind of thought this through when my kids were younger, because as parents, we want our kids to have it easier than we had it. And that actually is not what we should be doing. Hmm. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. You know, they've got to get challenged and step up and get challenged and step up. You build that that miracle mindset muscle and you get to a point where like, my 15 year old son, who's now 19, what's going to throw him at this point? Right. Yeah. You know, powerful, powerful. This reminds me of the quote from Jim Rohn uh, when he said, don't wish it were easier, wish you were better. Yeah. And that's the one I've taken off of there. Don't wish it was easier. Make yourself stronger. Yes. Yes. And we and so all I, have that capability. And also I'm hearing, and, and this is really important because, and I've said this many times as well, JJ is the best thing that ever happened to me was getting diagnosed with an incur- so-called incurable spinal condition, losing my future, really, you know, my capacity to move around, uh, my sense of self, my sense of purpose to hit rock bottom was the best thing that ever happened to me because that's why I'm standing here today mm-hmm. and talking with everybody listening and, and being able to talk to you. If it wasn't for that, I was lost. I probably wouldn't even be here. Um, but it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. But what our mission is And so everybody listening, you've been through stuff before. You've been through tough stuff. But those are all the things that make you you. Those are all the things that make you so phenomenal and capable. And I think we also need to speak to people and why you're doing what you're doing as well is helping people to lean into that discomfort. So you don't have to have life smack you with something. And this is what I wanted to really, I'm so grateful for you to share some of your story is that you, and I didn't know you were going to say this, but I I knew you were going to say this. You were prepared coming into it because of the work you were doing to create the person that you are. And you said it's not your first rodeo, you know, and really that self-care. So this is the call to action, everybody. is This is the time. You don't really know what's going to happen. You're not in control of everything going on around you. How about you do your best to be prepared for whatever life might bring your way? And through that, have faith that the things that seem like they're going to be too difficult, you can get through. This too shall pass. Yeah. Look at look at Navy SEAL training or even just being a fireman. Yeah. You know, they don't like go to the firehouse and say, OK, when a fire happens, I'll learn how to like put my gear on and get on. The, right. Yeah. <laughs> get on the truck and how to pull the hose. You know, it's like you get ready. You get ready now. And the important takeaway there, Sean, when I was looking at all of this and why I decided to write the book, do the movie, do the course is. um Once I had this hypothesis that your mindset's a muscle and that it can be developed and that you don't have to go through what I went through in order to be so much more capable, to show up in a way bigger way, to get stronger, that you can actually build that through simple things that you do on a daily basis will continue to push you out of your comfort zone. With the biggest one you just mentioned is when something that scares you happens, instead of shying away from it, step into it, right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, just as you're talking, I keep I keep feeling so inspired and just looking at that courage that I have within me that can be dormant sometimes. And everybody, 
um, everybody has that same capacity. You know, you know when those things start to to get to you and ruffle your feathers and, and move you into fear. And it's it's really as simple as that is stepping into it and, and, and claiming that strength. So what is the miracle mindset? You know, what is what would you say that the miracle mindset is so that we can start to grasp onto that and develop that for ourselves? So it is, and there's this cool psychologist who looked at this differential between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Fixed mindset being life happens to me, I'm a victim, right? Growth mindset being life happens by me and through me, and I can change my beliefs and attitudes in the way that I think. This is not something I'm stuck into. And so what I looked at there was, okay, so now the premise is we can develop this. We're not, you know, given this at birth. This is how we can, we can develop our own mindset. What are the attributes? What are the characteristics that would make this up? And we've talked about some of them. And what I did was I looked at people in our circle Again, all these people who you know, like Pedram and Dave, and and I went through and I went, what are the attributes? What are the common attributes here? Courageous, resilient, living in the present, the ability to forgive, one that Dave Asprey personally helped me really nail and changed my life. I'm like forever grateful to him. Living in the present, being an action taker. I'm amazed how many people won't take action because they feel like they've got to have it perfect, right? Um, Viewing things in an abundant way rather than this scarcity mindset. Mm. And then being collaborative, which means not just helping other people, but also taking that vulnerable step to ask for help. Yeah. Can we, I want to take a step back here. I want to talk about this scarcity versus abundance mindset Mm -hmm, a little mm -hmm. bit more, because this is something that scares me about people. It scares you? you Oh, it scares you about people. Yes. Now this is I think fundamentally that when you're operating from scarcity, you will do things that are not righteous. You will do things that are not within who you really want to be in your character. You'll cut corners. You'll you'll sacrifice your integrity. And I think that one of the most important things we can do is to shift gears. And it's literally like a, a switch you flip in your mind to really see that there's so much abundance around you. You know, it's not just about the resources you have, it's the resourcefulness, mm-hmm. right? Yes. It's just because you don't have, you know, $100,000 to make a new movie. Maybe you have relationships. Maybe you have uh, gifts and time and services that you can offer. Maybe you have, um, you know, contacts. Maybe you have, it's just about being resourceful. If you're creative enough, if you're curious enough and ask the right questions, you can get to some form or fashion of an answer and something to to create the resources, you know. So yep. please talk about this because I think this is huge for people really operating at their highest level. Oh my gosh, I love this topic. Um, and in the book, the lesson is your limitations will become your life. In the book, what I talk about, and I think the doctors just didn't want me to have false expectations, you know. And hey, I'm all I'm all over like having having huge expectations because I believe you get what you expect. And so I remember the orthopedic surgeons coming in and Grant had a crushed heel injury, which I didn't even pay any attention to at first because 
like big deal. It's a heel, right? You know, I was worried about his heart and brain, right. but he had this heel and literally he had a pin sticking out of it, a big open wound, this weird cast. And they didn't know what to do. Cause as he started to come out of the coma, he's thrashing around. They were like hanging him his leg. It was crazy. And I go, what is going on here? And they go, we're just trying to get him to be able to walk again. And that's when I'm like, you know what? Like pretend he's Kobe Bryant. Right. That's where we're going to take him. Mm. And it's so interesting because when you see someone operating from scarcity, they actually create their own reality, right? Because the more you hold in, I especially see this with money. I love the four spiritual laws of prosperity by Edwina Gaines, where she says, tithe, give 10% away, so much more will come back. I, I remember early on, um, I've gone through periods of being super broke. I mean, nothing's ever been given to me. I've created all of it myself, but I have, I, I give away a, a ton of, of money and resources and time. And I always have, even when I was totally broke, you know, yeah. totally broke. Um, I remember giving away my last $500 to a girlfriend who was in the same boat as me, but I knew I could be resourceful and find it. Um, and you know what? I just believe the universe provides when you do that stuff. And when you try to hold on to it, you basically shut off that energetic flow. So you will create that reality of living in scarcity. And one of the easiest muscles to start doing is looking every day going, what can I do to help somebody else? One of the first things that we did for Grant, Grant was in the, um, was home and he felt like he had no purpose, which was so interesting to me, Sean, that a 17 year old was concerned about his purpose. Like yeah. that's just, you know, super concerned about his purpose. And I find that when you're scared, when you're freaked out, when you don't know what's going on, one of the easiest things you can do is go out and help other people, you know, yeah. and yes. give something away. And that's what we did. We went to the hospital that the last hospital he'd been at, Children's Hospital, we brought Christmas presents. We gave a bunch of things away. He went and shared with everybody. And then I saw a little um, family there. And honestly, I think everybody at Christmas time should have to go to a children's hospital when they're like feeling, oh, poor me, or I didn't get enough presents or any other garbage self-talk like that. Go into a children's hospital and just give your time, read to kids, and you will shift your mindset in a minute. We were there and there was this 16-year-old girl there with her parents. Her parents had basically, you know, done everything they could to get her to this hospital because children's hospitals will take kids no matter what the financial situation. The parents were from Guam. They're living in the the Ronald McDonald house nearby and they've got three more kids at home. She just lost her brother to leukemia, and they found out that she had it when they were testing her bone marrow for her to be a donor. Yep. Mm. So the parents have just lost their one son. I mean, I still get I still get chills with this one. And here's this 16 year old girl. And my son's now talking to her, telling her, you know, his story, giving her hope. I call my son walking hope. (laughs) And she's just saying, you know, I just wish I could see my sister's. And I'm thinking, I'm getting her sisters out here. So I go to the parents. I go, listen, I have all these airline miles. I'm going to fly your daughters out. And the the woman's like, oh, no, you can't do that. I'm like, yes, I can. Yes, I can. (laughs) So I I call up the airline. Like, this is the best idea ever. I don't even know where Guam is, admittedly. Um, (laughs) I I did find out. It's on Earth somewhere. It's somewhere, you know, this is why I will never go on the Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader show ever, (laughs) ever. (laughs) But I do find out that American Airlines, where all my miles are, does not fly to Guam. 
And, um, but I have already committed this and I already saw this like hope in the little girl's eyes. And I'm like, you know, I mean, I'll sell my car if I have to, to get these kids here. And it was a stretch, super expensive to fly people from Guam, three of them. But I'll tell you the picture that I got of those kids, the daughters reuniting with their sister who unfortunately like died shortly thereafter, but at least they all got to be together. That is like in my top 10 of things in my life. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and was it hard to do at the time? Yeah. Like, did I have to stretch to get the money to do that? Yes, I did. Would I have a bigger experience right now having that money? Like that, who knows where it would have gone or having that knowledge that I did that, you know what I take every single time. It's so much bigger. And, you know, there's opportunities all around us. And every time you step into abundance and you stop trying to hold tight to everything that you have, like I've made it um, in my business, I teach whatever I do, I teach to other healthcare professionals. And I've had people say, are you crazy? That's your competition. I go, there's no competition. There's, there's, there's not enough of us to ever support what we need to do out in the world. And let's just share. And if it makes my business, my personal business a little smaller, but it makes everybody else's businesses bigger and we impact more people, win, right? Yes. Total win. Yeah. So oh, yeah, I, I'm a big on the abundance thing, man. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. And oh, this is so refreshing to hear. And I, I've been saying this a lot lately that it's not about you. You know, it's not about me and my little self. This is about the mm-hmm. bigger picture, you know, because literally we are all connected. We are all of the same organism here on this planet. And if I'm able to do something to uplift and, and help the life of one person. I'm really, and that's, it's so interesting how you, we call them walking hope and shifting, shifting that moment of lack of purpose. And I said the same thing, you know, and I was right around that age when I felt this lack of purpose and what was so crazy, what brought me out of that was helping other people. Once I was able to just get myself out the door and start walk, walking in a good direction, I was able to just help that first person. I still remember her name and, you know, is at my university because she was just like, what are you doing? Because you're starting to look so healthy as compared to how you were. And I was like, well, I'll show you, you know. (laughs) And so we are always in a position, no matter how bad things may seem, there's always somebody that you can serve. There's always somebody that you can help. And I think that I'm so glad about just talking about this today because this is a part of our overall wellness as well. Yeah. You know, we're, it's our lifeline is tied to this, tied to our sense of purpose, tied to our service and being able to help another human being or many human beings absolutely lights you up. And you just shared that, you know, it's in your top 10 of all life experiences, which you've had many. And it was something that you just stepped up and made a decision to invest in somebody else. And so we all have that capacity in one way or another to do that. So thank you for talking about that. And this whole story of yours, which I'm, I'm totally blown away that you took the time and energy and all the moving pieces to actually do a movie about this. So let's <laughs> talk a little about through, this. I didn't think Sean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was one of those things like, I know what I'll do. And uh, I'm really glad that I did it now. But yeah. if, if we'd been talking in the middle of it, I would be like, oh my gosh, because what I didn't really think about when this all came to be, and my my literary agent was the one who pushed me on all of this, because 
when she she was with, she's been with me through all of this and so supportive she was pregnant with twins mm. and and nearly lost them and had to go against the doctor's orders. It was like my story all over again. And she goes, I just kept channeling you. I just kept channeling you. You have to write the book. You have to write the book. <laughs> so, and for both my uh, virgin diet and sugar impact diet, I did a public television special. That was a pledge show. But I'm thinking this is like, wouldn't really work as a pledge show. This is kind of, I. I it turns out that my PBS producer is a documentary producer. And I thought, man, maybe this could be kind of like, the next level of the secret, really helping people, you know, because I I didn't want something that just inspired. I want them to get inspired to see what's possible. The story is specific, but the lessons are universal, whether it's you're struggling in a relationship or you're struggling financially or you're struggling in your career or your health. You can never outgrow your mindset. And you've got to actively focus on up-leveling your mindset to do so. Like, I realize now that before you actually go into a health program or before you go into a relationship, you've got to fix your mindset first. Yeah. You've, and, and then it needs to be something just like you're going to the gym that you're working on expanding on a regular basis. But it turns out it's, it's not like this overwhelming, oh my gosh, okay, now we're going to spend an hour a day learning our, you know, it's such simple things that you build in as habits that can just transform your life in minutes, which is what's so crazy. Oh man. You know what, why I'm excited about this is that today there's a lot, there's a lot of negative media. There's a lot of (laughs) things to get caught up in and little do we know that all of these things are literally creating our our structure in our brain. They're literally determining what our neurons are doing. You know, we've got these mirror neurons and they are literally simulating everything that you're exposed to and creating these programs, creating new synaptic connections in your brain and, and firing for whatever these negative messages you're exposing yourself to. So I'm so grateful that you've done this to create this film, to give us more positive media. You know, the story, like you said, is unique, but the principles are universal. These are things that we can all pull away and, and to share your story, you know, to share Grant's experience. Like this is those are the other movies. When you see somebody coming out of a coma, you don't really know what that is. And to, to hear that story that you shared uh, in your book is just absolutely it, like it just changed my paradigm and to know what it took. But to know all the while, like the thread through all of it that colored the entire story was your strength, your perseverance, your readiness, even though at times you didn't feel strong. But I because... was scared to death. I always want to put that in there because people are like, oh, you were bad. You were like a mama. It's like, yes, I was a mama bear. Don't think I wasn't scared. Of course I was yeah. like, and there were some dark times. And uh, I have an amazing community who was supporting me through all of this as well. But yes, you know, we're stronger than we think. People say to me, Sean, they go, I could never have done that. I go, yes, you could, and you can do more. You can do more. Yes. You are stronger than you think. Absolutely. And you've got a free screening of the movie for a limited time. And you guys are going to be able to check it out at MiracleMindset.com forward slash model. So that's MiracleMindset.com forward slash model. And you're going to be able to see the movie for free, free screening, limited time. So make sure you take action now because it's available from when. Can you tell us a little bit about it and when it's going to be available for people? 
Yes, we are doing a an online screening. We're gonna it's it's going into some different outlets, but I kind of cobbled it and said I want I want some time ahead of time before that. So from February eighth through the 16th, we might do a little extended holiday weekend, we'll see. But I know for the 8th through the 16th, we are doing this online screening of it. So you can jump in to that link that you just said and watch the movie. And my big recommendation as you're watching this movie is to get your family together to watch it too. Yeah. Um, it's it is that type of a movie. It's super impactful. It's very uplifting. And there's a lot of really good discussion points in there that are going to be really helpful. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed now to hear when I just interviewed my son, Grant, because I was, I was shocked to hear him saying all of these things that are in the book and in the movie. So you want these things around your children. You want these things in your relationships, your friends, your, your spouses. It's going to make everything better. Perfect. Thank you so much, JJ. Well, it's been amazing talking with you. And I've got a final question for you. I'd love to hear your answer on. What is the model that you're here to set with the way that you're living your life personally? What is the model that I'm here to set? You know, the biggest model I really want to set, I've always operated as if you peeked behind and saw my life that, you know, it could be, it could be written up anywhere. So I, I try to live in integrity every single day with everything I do. I'm not going to tell someone to start the day with a shake or do burst training or sleep eight hours unless I'm doing it. But the bigger thing that I think is so important for all of us and one I've been really living is being open to possibility is it's a great line from improv training that instead of going yes, but in your life, start your life and go through it and say yes. And perfect. Perfect. JJ, thank you so much. Can you let everybody know where they can connect with you online? Sure. JJVirgin.com is my website. And we have a super active Facebook community. I do a ton of Facebook lives. I'm kind of addicted to them <laughs> at uh, JJ Virgin Official on Facebook. Well, thank you so much, JJ. I appreciate your, your heart. I appreciate your, your courage. I appreciate you stepping up and saying yes to, to this mission and sharing your story. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm so grateful. So grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. Wow, what an amazing story. And JJ is the real deal and a half. She's the real deal, Holyfield, uh, with, with both ears, though. All right, Holyfield kind of had a little something happen and he's missing a chunk of his ear. Mike Tyson, long story short. Anyways, she's the real deal. So make sure to connect with her. Make sure to check out miraclemindset.com forward slash model for the free screening of the film. Uh, she put a lot into it and she shared with me what, what went into making it happen and just absolutely amazing, amazing story. And so, and all, her book is going to be coming soon as well. So make sure to stay on the lookout for that. Uh, just so many great things to absorb. And, and the big takeaway from today is that number one, we started with, there's a lot of misinformation out there about the nutrition that we're taking in about the, and it's still being taught in universities today about the way to exercise. And she mentioned one of those things where, and I would share this stuff as a trainer, strength conditioning coach, you know, 15 years ago as well, that, you know, you've got to be training at this amount of time to get into your quote, fat burning zone, being taught by other people, these ridiculous things like, you know, if you don't eat as soon as you wake up in the morning, your metabolism is not on. 
if your metabolism is not on, you're dead. You're actually not alive. And this is not The Walking Dead. This is real life. And so there are all these crazy things. But the great thing is that even assimilating that information, it takes you on a step, a step of progress to learn and to experience things firsthand and ask questions. And I think it's most important to continue to ask questions. And she's got great information out there about our relationship with sugar. Um, food is our friend, for sure. It's a part, it makes us who we are and having a great relationship with that. But not getting, not showing that we're lacking sweetness in our life by going ham on sugar all the time, no matter the natural or what unnatural, whatever the case may be. We need to understand what it is and what it does to our body and have a good relationship with it. Because shout out, to pancakes, all right? Shout out to pancakes. Shout out to all of your favorite tasty treats, but also we need to be well-rounded and make sure that we're resilient because the bottom line for this episode today is stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And a big part and parcel of that is the nutrition you're taking in. It is the lifestyle practices, your, your meditation, your stress management, your exercise practices. Get on board with the good stuff. And that's what we're providing you here with on the Model Health Show and as well as JJ work, JJ's work as well. So miraclemindset.com forward slash model. Guys, I appreciate you so much for tuning into the show. We've got some amazing shows coming up, amazing guests. So stay tuned. Have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to theshawnstevensonmodel.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you've got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome and you're loving it. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help transform your life. Take care.